Hi, everyone. We've introduced a new format to the podcast that we're calling our Summer Series. We're releasing four episodes in June, July, and August that will feature some of our best and most popular episodes since releasing this podcast in January. From business planning to marketing to supply chains, our Best of Summer Series continues now. Enjoy! Welcome to Start Your Sustainable Fashion Brand. I'm Shannon Lore, the founder and CEO of Factory 45, the online business school for sustainable fashion brands. Whether you're looking for business strategy, marketing tips, or a 10-minute pep talk, this is the podcast for fashion entrepreneurs who want to take action, pursue their passion, and make waves in the fashion industry. Let's get started. If you're looking for eco-friendly fabrics for your sustainable fashion brand, then this is the episode for you. I'm going to share the pros and cons of six of my favorite eco-friendly fabrics. First, I will say, it's important to know that when it comes to fashion, there's no such thing as perfectly sustainable. I always tell my entrepreneurs this. Our goal as sustainable fashion designers is to do the best we can, always striving to improve our supply chain. On that note, I'm going to go through six of my favorite eco-friendly fabrics. The first one is Lyocell or Tencel. The pros, it's a very fast-growing renewable resource from wood pulp, usually eucalyptus trees, that doesn't require replanting, pesticides, fertilizer, etc. The fabric processing involves dissolving wood pulp with a non-toxic solvent. Once the process is completed, the solution is evaporated, thereby removing the water, and the remainder is reused in the next cycle. This is considered a closed-loop processing method, which is ideal. Cons. It doesn't always hold dye well, and the fabric can often pill. So that means little balls that fray away from the rest of the fiber. The second one is hemp. The pros of hemp, it's said to be the most durable of all natural fibers. It grows plentifully in many different parts of the world. It's a renewable resource, so it doesn't require much water to grow and doesn't require pesticides or insecticides. It has long roots, so it doesn't contribute to soil erosion. It's highly absorbent, lightweight, and yet three times stronger than cotton. Very little waste is produced in the manufacturing of hemp, and the planting and harvesting of hemp is said to be less harmful to farmers. The cons. If it doesn't have an anti-wrinkle chemical applied to the fabric, then it can wrinkle and kind of wear the fibers um, and they can start to break down. It can also be labeled organic, even if there's a chemical cocktail applied to the fabric. So that's something to look for if you're wanting to avoid those chemical applications. The third is Cupro. The pros. It's a vegan alternative to silk. It's created from a part of the cotton plant that is usually discarded. Low shrinkage, good moisture absorbency, and it's naturally wrinkle resistant. The cons. It tends to take up stains easily, and it goes through a salt manufacturing process that requires a lot of water. It's not the most eco-friendly processing either. The fourth one is linen. Pros, natural, lightweight, durable, highly absorbent, made from long flax fibers, which are typically stronger than cotton. The cons, 
linen wrinkles very easily. It's bleached to prepare for dyeing, and it can be GMO. The fifth one is organic cotton. The pros, it's GMO-free. Pesticides and insecticides aren't used in the harvesting process. A field must be deemed pesticide-free for at least three years before it can be certified organic. It's typically a better experience for the cotton farmers. Um, There are thousands of suicides linked to conventional cotton growing and farmers in India. So with organic cotton, there isn't that problem. Cons, although there are less chemicals used in the process, certified organic doesn't necessarily mean the cotton is 100% chemical-free. The cotton can be labeled organic, but still go through a chemical treatment in the post-processing. And the last one is Modal, which is very similar to Tencel, but Modal has a slightly more delicate touch and feel. It just feels a little bit softer and is often made into lighter and thinner fabrics compared to Tencel. The pros, it's a cellulose fiber made from beech trees. It's 100% biodegradable, 50% more water absorbent than cotton, holds color, and is resistant to fading. It's also resistant to shrinking, and it's extremely light and soft. Cons, prone to stretching and pilling, and it's considered bio-based over natural because of the chemical process to turn it from a fiber into a fabric. Okay, so those were my six eco-friendly fabrics, Lyocell, hemp, cupro, linen, organic cotton, and modal. If you're looking for sustainable fabrics for your own fashion brand, then make sure to download my free email templates that will make you sound like a pro when reaching out to fabric suppliers. The link is in the description of this episode and it will be really helpful in making sure that you're effectively reaching out to fabric suppliers. I'm also going to link to my fabric sourcing kit, which provides a list of my top 10 sustainable fabric suppliers. They all sell sustainable fabrics at low minimums. Both of those links are in the description of this episode. Oh man, I was going about this all wrong, she said to me, looking like the facepalm emoji. No wonder no one was emailing me back. This is an all-too-common feeling for new designers who are just starting out in the overwhelming world of fabric sourcing. You know that whatever you're doing isn't working, but you don't know exactly why. Maybe your inquiry email is unclear. Maybe you're not asking for the right thing in the right way. Maybe the supplier simply overlooked your email. Whatever the reason, I do know this. The vast majority of new designers are making four very common fabric sourcing mistakes. And in this week's episode, I'm going to tell you what they are so you can avoid them. The first mistake is writing a long inquiry email. I cannot tell you how many people make the mistake of writing a multi-paragraph email that is so long-winded your own mother wouldn't even read it. A fabric inquiry is not the time to go into an explanation of your company mission or your core values or your plan to single-handedly change the fashion industry. The supplier doesn't care about that stuff. What does the supplier care about? Sales. What do they need to make a sale from you? 
a very specific one-sentence description of the exact fabric you're looking for. What should that sentence include? The fiber, the fabrication, the weight, and the color. That's it, the end. And yes, you can include a hello and a thank you. The second mistake is immediately asking a sales rep for MOQs and pricing. MOQ stands for minimum order quantity. In other words, the amount of one type of fabric that you're expected to order to meet the supplier's requirements. Of course, you need to know if the MOQ is attainable for you. 20,000 yards would be a bit ambitious when you're first starting out, for example. And of course, you need to know how much a yard of fabric costs so you can factor it into your cost of goods sold. But don't ask. When it comes to sourcing fabric, a significant part of the process is getting swatches in the door so you can feel them, put them in the wash, and compare them to one another. The sales rep wants you to see the value and quality in the fabric, just as a car dealer would want you to test drive the car before talking about price. Let the rep offer the information or wait to ask until you have received the swatches. There's nothing worse than appearing overly price conscious and frugal when you're already looking for low minimums in most cases. The third mistake is not building a relationship with the sales rep. You cannot even imagine the awesome things a supplier or sales rep will do for you if you take the time to build a relationship. Most days, a sales rep is dealing with huge amounts of pressure. A big client needs a rush order, a new client received a bad role, throw in a handful of inquiry calls from newbies who don't know what fabric weight is, and the sales rep is tackling a pretty high maintenance day. If you respect their time by knowing exactly what you're looking for and you make it easy for them to help you, then you will see a return. Building a relationship can happen gradually over the course of a few emails here, a few phone calls there, but if you're explicit about what you need, you never know when a sales rep will call you up out of the blue and say, we've got 300 yards of excess that just came in and we'll sell it to you at a discount. The fourth mistake is not being persistent. Fabric sourcing, as you may have already found, is not for the faint of heart, especially when you're looking for sustainable and low-impact fabrics. The mainstream supplier will try to talk you out of sourcing organic cotton or wonder why you're trying to source tensile when rayon is so much cheaper. Stay true to your values and the reasons you have for wanting to create a sustainably sourced garment. Don't try to convince them of all the reasons why sustainability is important for the future of fashion. Keep looking, keep persisting, and don't give up until you get what you're looking for. It may not happen immediately, but at some point, you're going to find it. If you're looking for a clothing manufacturer for your fashion brand, but you're not sure where to start, This is the episode for you. I'm going to share five tips for finding a clothing manufacturer for the first time. Finding the right manufacturing partner for your fashion startup is one of the most important decisions you can make for your brand. You don't want to take this choice lightly, and you do want to make sure you complete plenty of due diligence before signing a contract or hiring. But before you can even get to that step, how do you find a clothing manufacturer in the first place? 
I have five of my best tips for you. And number four is the best one. So make sure to listen all the way to the end. Tip number one, online research. Just Google it, right? Easier said than done. Well, over the years, clothing manufacturers have done a much better job of having an online presence. From a helpful website to an engaging Instagram account, many clothing manufacturers can now be found on the internet. There are also resources like Makers Row and Common Objective that act as online platforms for discovering factories that can make your product. I'll link to both of those resources in the description below. Tip number two, keep it local. Whenever possible, try to find a manufacturer local to where you live. Yes, this will be easier for those of you who live in New York or North Carolina and L.A., but you'd be surprised how many of you live just a few hours' drive from a clothing manufacturer. When you're looking for factories online, try adding your location to the search. So, for example, let's say you live in Kansas City. Instead of typing clothing manufacturers into the search bar, you would type clothing manufacturers Kansas City. Pretty self-explanatory. While this may seem obvious, you'd be surprised how many people assume they can only manufacture in New York or L.A., when in fact there's often a clothing factory right in your backyard. Tip number three, network. Join a community of other fashion entrepreneurs who are also starting their brands and network with each other to refer manufacturing partners. Factory 45, my business school for sustainable fashion entrepreneurs, is one of the best options for this. The entrepreneurs I work with receive access to a database of over 100 manufacturers who work with startup brands and low minimums. Joining a program or a community is a great way to get fast-track access to factories all over the world. I'll link to Factory 45 below so you can see more about what the program has to offer with extensive manufacturing and product development resources. Tip number four, search hashtags on social media. As I mentioned earlier, you'd be surprised by how many clothing manufacturers now have social media accounts on Instagram and Facebook. Another way to find a factory partner is actually by just searching hashtags on Instagram or Facebook, like hashtag clothing manufacturer, hashtag clothing manufacturing, hashtag clothing manufacturers, hashtag pattern making, hashtag sample making, hashtag clothing production. You get the idea. The savviest manufacturers are keeping up with new marketing techniques and trends, so this is a great way to find a factory partner who could align with a young, new brand like yours. Tip number five, attend a trade show. If you have the opportunity to attend an industry trade show, jump at the chance. Almost all of them are free for you to attend, and whether it's a local fabric trade show or a big show like Magic in Las Vegas, there are almost always manufacturers there exhibiting at the show, speaking on a panel, or walking through to network. This is your chance to get face-to-face -face time with a potential factory partner, which can make all the difference when it comes time to working with them. So there you have it, five ways to find a manufacturer for your fashion brand the first time. I've also put together a free manufacturing checklist for you so you'll know exactly which steps you need to take to get your product made. You can download this checklist for free so it keeps you organized from start to finish. 
The link is in the description below. If you're interested in learning more about how to make these strategies work for your fashion business goals, book a call to speak with Hannah, our director of enrollment. You can figure out together if Factory 45 is the right fit for you and if our goals align. Just go to factory45.co slash apply. I'll also put the link in the description below this episode. 